Flyers Daily with Jason Mertides. It is a brand new Flyers Daily for the 30th of October, 2023. And before we get into anything on the podcast today, we do want to send out our heartfelt condolences to Adam Johnson and his family. What an unbelievable story. Tragic uh, beyond anything I could even imagine. And uh, our thoughts and prayers are with Adam Johnson, who played some games uh, for the Lehigh Valley Phantoms, the Pittsburgh Penguins, 13 NHL games, and was tragically lost his life at the age of 29, playing in the uh, top league in England. So our thoughts and prayers are with Adam Johnson and his family, teammates, friends, and everyone else. All right, here we go. We do got to go onwards with the business of hockey, and we're going to talk to Bill Meltzer. First, let me tell you that Flyers Daily is presented by Ticketmaster, Make More Memories Live, and this season, the Flyers are also teaming up with Penn Medicine for the Penn Medicine Assist. For every Flyers assist this season, Penn Medicine and the Flyers will donate 30 pounds of food to local communities in need. Joining us from NHL.com, uh, PhiladelphiaFlyers.com, and HockeyBuzz.com, it is Bill Meltzer. Bill, what I wanted to discuss in this episode, we're eight games into the season. Flyers are coming off their most, I guess, most lopsided loss. You know, it's kind of similar to the game against the Ottawa Senators, albeit at home, the 7-4 loss on Saturday. And what I wanted to discuss in this episode, first and foremost, is some concerns and the level of those concerns. Because, you know, Sam Harrison's played two games. He's given up 12 goals. Owen Tippett's got one goal. Frost has only played two games. I want to kind of go through these one by one and kind of, a, 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 you know, put a value to the level of concern on each of these different statements. And uh, let's start with Sam Harrison because he's played two games. You know, that was one of the things we talked about in the offseason is it a good situation for a young goalie that hasn't had a ton of experience or success at the NHL level to try and assimilate to the NHL level in a backup role where you don't get, you know, a lot of games. And, you know, his first game was 19 days between the last preseason game that he played and the first one. This one was obviously a little bit closer. But while I agree with John Tortorella, the loss on Saturday was not on Sam Harrison. It was a collective and it is a yeah. team sport. He has not looked particularly sharp um, for extended periods. And I think both games were tough to get a rhythm into, too. But, you know, when you look at Arison in the play in the two games that he has been in so far, 12 goals allowed in the two games and only a 760 save percentage. How much of a concern is this for you? Not after two games. Um, you know, I, it's me kind of right around the middle, maybe, maybe five. <laughs> it was... It was a one or a two after after the first one, and maybe a five after the second one. Uh, you know, I figure he'll get another start this week at some point. Um, if, if he has another really subpar outing, I'm, I'm starting to get concerned. You know, the the last game, the uh, you know, to me, to me, the game against against Anaheim rather was a it was kind of an odd game. Um, a lot of fluky goals, a lot of broken plays ended up in the net. Um, you know, one of them went, uh, well, one of them sealer crashed into Erson and, and puck went off of his backside, you know, uh, uh another one deflected in front and it's, you know, just, just odd plays, but ultimately you need some saves from your goalie. Um, you know, you, you could deconstruct each goal individually and go, that's not really on the goalie, not, not, not really a, a soft goal, but you add them up and you look at some of those, some of the saves that were. Most certainly not easy saves. Stopping Trevor Zegers, for example, is, is not an easy save. Any, anytime he's one-on-one with you. 
but it was from some distance, right? And and you really needed a you really needed a save in that spot. Um, so you know the I'd be guess maybe a little bit more concerned had he not been so good in that third period against Dallas because he was very rusty yeah. in the first two periods, and then the third period he looked more like the goalie we saw last year. Um, the biggest thing to me, and and you touched on this on the top too, is you know there there are going to be some stretches where he's going to go a little while without playing. And um, he's going to have to stay physically ready and mentally sharp in those stretches. It's a definite adjustment. So um, I, I think his next couple starts when he, when he does get in, it, it's very important. Um, you know, I'm not I'm not panicking over it, but uh, yeah, I think you have to at least be have in the back of your mind and be aware of how the first two starts have looked. I think the other part too, Bill, is you know we see the the, the cat and mouse game as well. You know, he came in last year. Now there's a little bit of a book. We saw Dallas really targeting and blocker side. Yeah. So he's going to have to be cognizant of that. And it's always about making adjustments adjustments to your game. Areas where you got beat before have to become strengths. And they're going to have to find somewhere else to go. A new book. That's yeah. part of this development as well. Now, for sure. If you remember a couple of years ago, uh, Carter Hart was having trouble high glove. Yep. And everybody was going there for a while. He adjusted. It, it was yep. no longer an issue, and then they had to find another way to beat him. And it, it should be the same thing with Sam, too. He'll, he'll watch the video, you know, take extra reps, make the adjustment in-game, and, and uh, deal with it that way. Sometimes it's harder, though, when, you know, when you're not playing a lot. So we'll see how that goes. Yeah, it's hard to sharpen your game when you're not playing a lot of games, <laughs> if that, that makes sense. Um, number two on my list here, Bill, of uh, – assessing a number two, a level of concern is Tyson Forster. He's only got the two assists on the season. We know he's a shooter. He's a goal scorer. And really the number that pops out to me when it comes to Tyson is only 10 shots on goal. And he passed up a golden opportunity for a good shot on goal in the game against Anaheim. And that made me scratch my head a little bit. That go, I go, okay, that's a guy that's not confident with his greatest asset. And, you know, is that a situation where you go, okay, maybe he should come out for a game. That's where you bring Frost back in. We'll discuss that. But how concerned are you with Tyson Porter? I don't think he's been a net negative player. I just don't think that – I think that players that are used to scoring goals when they're not, it can frustrate them. Yeah. I, I think Tyson has been kind of low event. I, honestly, going back to the preseason, going, going back to rookie camp even, the, the two rookie games. You know, he, he does need to shoot more, but I think a bigger issue has been getting to the scoring areas to get the, the shot, to get the looks in the first place. Uh, he did, he did uh, in Saturday's game very much had, have a really good look at the net and passed up the opportunity, which does speak to low confidence. But, you know, I, I think if you look at the last two games on the whole, he's actually had some scoring chances. Uh, took a puck straight to the net on one of them. Um, another uh, another one, um, Travis Konechny set him really nicely for a chance right on the doorstep. But I want to see him getting to those areas to have those chances. So at least there have been a couple chances in, in the last two games. So I think on the whole, you know, there haven't been those chances. Um, I mean, truthfully, other than those couple of chances, to me, he's and this is not the this is not the player that he is or the Flyers need him to be. Tim, he's kind of looked like a serviceable fourth line guy because there's nothing negative. He's not getting, he's not turning pucks over. He's not getting beat in the defensive zone. You know, he's 
doing a little, little bit better than breaking even in 50-50 battle, so he's not hurting you. But the number, you know, you drafted Tyson Forster or you drafted him to to be a goal scorer. You know his best asset is that heavy shot, and we haven't seen much of it. Um, you know, in terms of should he sit a game? I mean, yeah, he could sit a game if, if you're rotating some different people out to, to get Frost in. If it was a one-game thing for Frost, I don't think that helps anybody, honestly. Yeah. yeah, I agree. You can't bring Frost in for just one game and then put him right back in the press box. So let's go right to that because this is, you know, beyond just the fact that he's an important player for the Flyers, a creative offensive playmaker in Frost, led the team in scoring from basically January on last year. He's only played two games this season. He sat six straight games. I guess the real risk here and the concern is, are you losing the player who's trying to build on a year he had last year and you can't build on it when you're in the press box? Yeah. I mean, honestly, Morgan's history was he was a player who would press, get down on himself, you know? Um, And I thought he worked through it last year. I thought that he came out on the other side as a confident hockey player. Um, Yeah, led led the team in scoring from December 9th to the end of the year. He led the team in scoring in the preseason. And, uh, again, if you watch the the standard, the second episode of the standard, they have the uh, they have John Tortorella and Danny Briere and uh, Keith Jones and I think Alan McCauley's in the meeting, too, and, and Brent Flair. They're talking about different players in the opening roster. And Tort says a, a, a Frost, uh, well, he, he was saying in the context that Noah Cates no longer has to exclusively be a shutdown center. He feels more comfortable using other guys, potentially in a variety of situations. And, and Tort says, you have to give Frosty credit. He grew in that area, meaning as a two-way player, a lot last year. And I, I, I think it's Jones he had. And he had a good camp. And, and Tort agrees, yeah, he had a good camp. I mean, he, he led the team in scoring in the preseason, too. Um, you know, it, it is what it is. I mean, he, he sat the last six games. That's, that's a long period of time. Uh, you can debate the necessity of it or, you know, or whether the the part of others were playing better could be say others were playing better, but others were not, right? So some were, some were not, um, which I think is a more accurate statement. But at any rate, once you get him back in, I think I think he needs to play for a while. He's never been in the situation. He's never sat for an extended period of time, even the NHL level where he's just sitting. Um, so this is this is a whole new thing for him. I don't know how I don't know how he's going to respond. I mean, it would be great if the next time he next time he plays, he gets a couple of assists, maybe a goal a game after that. And okay, well, he's kind of back where he finished last year. I don't I don't know, I don't know. Yeah. Um, we'll we'll see how that goes. So I, I do have some concerns about it because he because he's had some confidence issues at points in his career. So yeah, this is dip him backwards, I, is what you're saying. Yeah. Yeah, I, I, I'm. I think I think there's a, a fear of it until he proves otherwise. So yeah. you know, I think kind of in that six, maybe seven kind of range. I mean, I, I have a little bit of concern about it. Yeah, I do as well. Um, another guy that you know, in talking about Tyson Forster, a shooter, is Owen Tippett, and you know, he's flashed more versatility in his game than I think a lot of us knew he had. First, it was when he, they first acquired him the ability to get up and down the ice with that big frame. And then last year, you know, turning into that power forward, 27 goals and a guy that maybe just could finish a little bit better. And he's certainly a 30 goal guy, 
He's shooting at 3.2% this year. He's got 31 shots on goal, but just the one goal, which came on the breakaway, yeah. on that breakup play from Cam Atkinson against Minnesota. Do you have any concern? I mean, he's on, on the year. He's got five points. He's got a goal and four assists. His passing, I think, has been deft. I think he's defended well. I really don't have much concern here that he hasn't scored because he's the type of guy that will be streaky. And when he starts scoring, it may come in bunches and he'll catch up to his his pacing really quickly. No, I totally agree. I, I have no concern in that regard. He's um, uh, he's making a lot of plays, made some really, really nice passes. Cam Atkinson has several goals because of really nice plays that, that Tippett made. Um, Tippett's had a ton of shots on goal lately. I, I worry more when, uh, like in the first two games of the season, um, Tippett was having all kinds of problems putting pucks on the net. Yeah. He'd, have, he'd have open looks, and, and he'd, he'd put it way wide or way over the net. Right now, he's just in a stretch where just not going for him, and that's okay. Yeah. That, that, that'll that come around. Um, you know, one thing one thing I would like to see uh, – with Tib, and we'll see. We'll see in the games that are coming up here. You know, one thing. One thing last year, and, and it was a criticism that was levied against Frost too, and with, with some justification. Um, I like to see Tip start scoring against some of the better teams in the league. Um, yeah. You know, last year when you look at Tip's twenty-seven goals, almost two-thirds of them were against non-playoff teams. Uh, he had a hat trick against Buffalo. He had four goals against Columbus. He had four goals against Montreal. He had two of them against Chicago. Um, two of them, or at least one against Anaheim, maybe two. So, so that's you know a more more scoring than not game against the, the lower end teams. Um, you know, for the Flyers to, to start climbing the standings, they're going to need you know games like the Carolina game, right? Yeah, so Rangers, Devils. Yeah, yeah. The, the, those are games where you're going to you know you're going to need uh, some some goals from home, and he's totally, he's completely capable of it. So uh, I think that's that's the next step. Just um, you know, when there's maybe a little less time and space, finishing some of those plays. But it, you know, but his ability to take the puck to the net, um, he's a lot. You know, he's playing. I think with a, a pretty high degree of confidence, even if it's been a, a little bit up and down. So, no concern. And and I think I think he'll be just fine. And probably pretty soon, he'll probably go on a goal scoring binge for a few games, and that becomes yeah. an issue. And maybe he scores even tonight against Carolina. We'll see. Okay. Um, Bill, next one is the overall execution of the power play right now it's ranked 20th in the NHL. It's moved up quite a bit. It was at 5% before the couple of goals the other night. Uh, it's at 14.8% right now, which still needs to be improved. Yeah. But where are you on the power play? Is it a personnel combination issue? Is there some scheme that they're not taking advantage of? You know, where's your level of concern when it comes to the power play? Cause we talked about that's got to improve. I think they were at 16% last year. Yeah. Yeah. And when, when you're last in the NHL two years running, yeah. it's a concern until you prove it's not a concern. Um, you know, I, I, it's nice that they've scored power play goals in back to back games. Um, you know, they, they, they can't have these stretches where they're going one for 20, over 20. The two games ago was their first five on four goal. Cause before that, the only one was a five on three in the Ottawa game. So, Clearly, clearly, it's a concern. Um, you know, they, they're doing certain things better, but uh, you know, like they've been better on entries, for example, on the uh, winning the faceoff when it starts. Winning that that, <laughs> well, that instant possession—that's that, obviously a huge thing. Mm -hmm. um, you know, keeping the keeping pucks in. Uh, 
you know, I now now the the last game actually uh Konechny got one from center slot. That, that bumper to center slot area where where a lot of top teams that really good power plays score a lot of their goals from. Flyers don't get very many at all from there. Uh they need they also need to make other teams respect their point shot more. Yeah. Um you, you can take away you can take away everything down low if you're not afraid, you know, the guys out of the point are gonna are gonna burn you. Um the if you remember back in the the Ottawa game, the Flyers were just just daring them to shoot from the point and, and chicken burn them twice. Yeah. So that uh, I wish the if the Flyers had a threat like that out up high, that makes teams play you a lot more honestly. So I I do have concerns because there are there are elements that the Flyers don't seem to have on there, and um, given what the track record has been, uh, I think you have to have a concern. Yeah, I would agree with that. Um, let's talk about a guy that has been on the power play quite a bit and Travis Sanheim. I don't have any concern about his play. I think he's been obviously very good. He's a point per game player. He's got a goal and seven assists in eight games. But what I, when I, the reason why I asked this is because he's second in the NHL on average time on ice at 2559. Yeah. Is that workload eventually, you know, catch up to him? And is that too much for him? I mean, we're eight games in, so it's not a big sample size yet. And he's only behind Drew Doughty. Drew Doughty's been playing over 26 minutes a night since basically he came into the league. Is that workload? Is that sustainable? Is that a concern? I, I think it is. He, he's still you know young enough to be in the prime of his career. He's in the best shape of his career. Um, the the other night in the Minnesota game, and part of it was because uh, he was out on the ice when we got caught on a couple of really long shifts late in the period. But he had 20 minutes by the time the second period was over. Yeah, twenty oh three. Yeah, <laughs> and uh, but the third period he was really really good in that third period. So it wasn't like he wore down in, in that game. Um, you know, if, if he was if he had injury history or if he was thirty three, thirty four years old, I, I'd be concerned about the you know, the number of minutes he's logging now. What how it might affect him later on? I, I think right now he's he's still at a point you know. He, he can t- he can take those minutes. I'm glad he's taking those minutes and doing well because the question was who was going to take those minutes. Yeah, and uh, he's so far he's answered that question and doing really well with it. Yeah, we thought it was going to be more by committee. We didn't know it was yeah. going to be Travis Sanheim. Okay. Um, this next, I- I'm going to lump these two together because they're similar in some ways, and that's Couturier and Atkinson. Couturier's got two goals, five assists, seven points, averaging just under 20 minutes a night. You know. Is he going to hit a wall at some point? I thought he would have hit it already. Yeah. I thought some adrenaline would have got him out of the gate. Might have hit a wall, and then you'd see his game slowly round into form. But he's just looked steady Eddie right across the board. Atkinson, same thing. Except Atkinson's got five goals, three assists, eight points. And, you know, is this sustainable for these two players to just buck the trend of missing a year and a year, almost two, to just come back and – basically be the players they were prior yeah uh, well i'm glad we're i'm glad we're discussing this today and not after the home opener because remember the day before the home opener yeah you missed uh, practice you need a maintenance, day. A maintenance day when they had the public practice and on on that morning i was pretty worried honestly oh boy here we go already you know he, he's uh already kind of banged up he'll, he'll play in the opener but it's gonna be this thing where he's He's out a lot, you know, needs constant maintenance days. You're always worried. Is, is he a go for the next game? 
and he was fine for that game, and it's kind of rolled from there. Um, it's going to be an ongoing concern as you get to – the Flyers haven't even played back-to-back days yet. Yeah. And that the, the back-to-backs, three and fours, they're going to be – they're a challenge for any player, but particularly uh, particularly guys who come off of a couple of back injuries. So I think there are some hurdles still to clear here. Um, there are hurdles to clear as you get past the All-Star break later this year and get to the stretch drive. So I think the jury is still out on that. But I think that in terms of how he's handled it so far and, and Cam Atkinson too, so far, so far, so good. But but it, but it's an ongoing concern, and I think it's on the the more than 50-50 concern still as, as far as I go. Yeah, I think it's just going to be eggshells until you get to the entire year yeah. on both players. Because I, I think they're that important too. That's the other part of it. Um, Bill, the other thing I want to discuss, I have three things that we talked about leading into the season that we were wondering about. I don't know if they were concerns. Well, Joel Farabee was a concern. But I have these guys on a list of I have I couldn't have less concern. And obviously, I'm going to start with Travis Konechny. I was wondering if he would be able to pick up kind of where he left off last year when he played 60 games and was more than a point-per-game player. Right now, he's second in the NHL in goal scoring. He's got eight goals, three assists, two power play goals, two shorthanded goals. He's been creating. He's been dynamic. And if he doesn't look like the player he was last year, it's only because maybe he looks a little better. No, no totally, concern totally with connecting. <laughs> totally agree. And if you remember last year, he didn't go more than back-to-back games without a point till, till the, a little bit past halfway in the season. Yeah. And uh, he's, he's out doing that pace. He's, uh, you know, taking on a, a leadership role on this team. Um, he, he's, he's been terrific. I, I have no concerns about Travis connecting. Just hope he, he stays healthy. Because remember last year he missed quite a few games over two stretches due to, you know, because of how hard he plays. Yeah. And uh, one of them he was just yeah. standing on the half wall in the D zone and a guy ran into his arm. Yeah. <laughs> you know, skating by. Yeah. yeah. And then there was, there was the one in Calgary too, where he yep. took a pretty good thump. Um, so, but uh, you know, but I, 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 have, I have no concern as far as this play. I, he's, <laughs> Right now, he's the runaway best player on the team, still in his prime. He's look, I have, I have no concern at this point as to whether he can keep it up. I, yeah. I'm totally confident he can. This looks like the player he's going to be in his prime of his career. Um, Carter Hart's another one, Bill. Comes into the year, six games played so far, four and two record. How about a 2 1 8 goals against average and a 925 save percentage? Got touched up in that Ottawa game a little bit. Otherwise, yeah. his numbers will be better. Um, oh, about four goals saved above expectation, top 10 in the NHL. Just looks sharp and calm, breeding plays well. Just looks like a mature goalie to me, detail-oriented. No, for sure. Uh, and, and when a bad game inevitably happens, I, I have no worries about him bouncing back in the next one. Um, even the Ottawa game, that, that was the game where no goalie was going to have a, a good stat line at the end of that game. Yeah. And, uh, but no, he, he's, he's on his angles. He's making, you know, and he's making second saves as he needs to when, when things pop up. Uh, just, just a little, just some of the, the little areas in his game to kind of tighten up it, his, uh, his post play, for example. Mm-hmm. It, it, you know, it seems like uh, sometimes we kind of get just a little bit off and something would sneak in the post and on a, a jamming kind of a play. So far, there hasn't been any of that. He, he's been really, Really, really solid across the board. So, yeah, no no concerns there. And I think the other thing, I think his environment's been pretty good. 
And the environment has been at the other end of quite often, a lot more often this year. And that certainly helps a goalie, you know, stay mentally sharp when the puck does come your side of the red line. The other guy is Joel Faraby because, you know, he had the year coming off the surgery last year, Bill. And we were talking about it. He's got a summer to train. And it's not only the fact that Faraby's got four goals, it's where they've been scored from. Yeah. You know, it just he is parked around that net all the time. He's playing with a guy in Brink. And who, who gets in that area as well. And you can do a lot of damage by going there, especially when the puck's there. He's got four goals now, two assists, six points, and Faraby. And then you see that hit he lays in the one game, right? I go, this guy's got no ill effects lingering into this season from the surgery. He's physically 100% where he needs to be. No, healthy, confident, playing tremendous hockey right now. Um, you know, across the board, make, making a lot of things happen. His work with Brink has been terrific. Um, Joe's history, even in his best season, was he's a little streaky. So he's off to a good start this season. Let's hope the consistency keeps up. I have a, about an average level of concern about that just because, you know, even in some of his better seasons, he's had some slumps that, that go a little longer than you'd like. You know, um, everybody's going to have the little five gamers. You just don't want the 10, 12 or, or more games, you know, with no points or, or with one point. Um, so uh, I just uh, like to see the consistency keep up. And then hopefully about mid season, Hey, Joel's had a really consistent first half, you know, nothing, nothing, uh, no kind of prolonged down, down stretches and uh, go from there. But uh, yeah, couldn't, couldn't ask for a better start. That's for sure. Yeah. I think he's looked really sharp and that chemistry with Brink is very evident. Well, Bill, Bill, it's going to be a very busy week of hockey. Carolina tonight, Buffalo Wednesday at home, Buffalo in Buffalo on Friday, and then Saturday back home against the LA Kings. So four games before your next appearance. So there'll be a lot to talk about. And I think it's a really pivotal stretch of games for the fly. They want to play as much meaningful hockey as possible. And this stretch right now, as you get tip into November, and we remember what happened in November last year, um, is a very important one for the Flyers. Great stuff from Bill. Uh, read his work at PhiladelphiaFlyers.com, NHL.com, and HockeyBuzz.com. And we will talk to you tomorrow. We'll break down Flyers, Canes, and much more on a brand new episode of Flyers Daily.